So Money episode 1465, Zarna Garg, comedian, producer, and screenwriter. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Sometimes I I like post a mother-in-law joke and like every random brown man on the internet starts attacking me because they take it personally about their mothers. It's wild. But I really believe that I've been put in this position for a reason. I know that in a lot of countries and a lot of cultures, the women are too scared to watch my videos openly. So they secretly pass them around on WhatsApp groups. You know, they laugh in silence, like the right to laugh is people in the West, Western world can't imagine that how oppressed you could be in another world where you couldn't even openly laugh at somebody who's like trashing a mother-in-law because that's an attack on your culture. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Well, it is the day. It is the day that I get to unleash my favorite episode this month so far with the one and only, one in a billion, in fact, Zarna Garg. She is here. She is the funny brown mom on Instagram and TikTok and pretty much every comedy stage in New York City and across the country. She is blown up. I discovered Zarna while scrolling on Instagram, instantly fell in love with her humor. She is an Indian immigrant mom who only recently became a stand-up comedian. Talk about pivot. Zarna believes brown women everywhere have a right to laugh at anything and anyone they want, including the sacred cows, brown men and their mothers. She is a regular now on the iconic Comedy Cellar and Caroline's on Broadway in New York. She's performed in Vegas, the famed Kennedy Center. She toured nationwide last year and will continue this year. She's also a social media sensation. She's got over 100 million views on TikTok. She won Kevin Hart's Lift Comics Comedy Competition on Peacock and the 2021 Ladies of Laughter Newcomer Award. Zarn and I get into it. We talk about why, how she started this comedy career in her 40s. Three kids, by the way, living in New York City. Her thoughts on women and money, and she has many of them, and why she believes she was put on this planet to have have the role that she has now, the comedy that she creates, the freedom that it unlocks for so many women around the world, particularly brown women. You know, laughter, we take it for granted, but it's not something that everybody can do freely without fear. Zarna's changing that. I'm so excited to share this with you. Here's Zarna Garg. Zarna Garg, we're doing this. You're on so money. We uh, we have finally connected. IRL. Well, I mean, IRL is not as important as Instagram, but okay. Well, you know, you're blowing up Instagram. You're blo- you are blowing up both the virtual and the physical world. And I just hope that the next time we meet will be in person, person. But so grateful to have you on this show. I stumbled upon your work on Instagram. The, the algorithm knows me. It knows that I want to hear from strong-minded women who are also funny and, and you are more than that, but um, I wanted to introduce you to our audience because I think you have such an incredible story. We're going to get into it about how you um, mid sort of mid mom life decided to 
pivot. Like we talk about pivots on this show, but this is this is a whole other category of pivoting where you are now um, you're blowing up. You're everywhere as a comic, as a screenwriter, as a producer. You're on stage in New York City, all over the country, um, sharing your unique comedy. So I know your beginning story because I've been following you. But why don't you take the stage now, and Zarna, tell us a little bit about your beautiful story of how this chapter in your life started. Uh, so first of all, namaste. Thank you so much for having me. Your audience, everything you're doing is so great. And I love talking about money. So this is like right up my alley. Yes. Um, I started in comedy the way every brown woman starts in comedy. Like see, I dreamt about it as a girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we in our cultures don't even know this is a job. You right. know what I mean? So I, I, I am a lawyer. I'm a, I'm a licensed lawyer in the state of New York. And I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years because I couldn't figure out how to do it together, how to be the mom and have a job that had like very specific demands. And, you know, you know, the movies they make, like Jessica Alba is running in a very sexy suit and she's got one kid here and one kid here. And then she's like, flipping a lettuce for dinner and sipping wine. I was like, that was not me. <laughs> I, was like, I was like pushing a stroller, dragging a Costco cart, like trying not to like- Crying in the shower. Me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That, that was more me. And I was like, this is not working. And plus, like, I was just really a bad lawyer. You know what I mean? So it made the transition to not practicing very What do you easy. mean you were a bad lawyer? Did you I lose cases? So I couldn't, you know, here's the thing. Lawyers have to, you know, lie a little bit sometimes to help their clients. But like if you're a mom and like your lie detecting radar is like boop, 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 boop all the time and somebody says something so ridiculous, you're like, listen, I know you did it. Okay. <laughs> if Were you defending you, criminals? What was yeah. going on there? Well, all kinds of things. I mean, oh and I, no, I'm joking. I was good at it, but I really honestly could not figure out how to make a t typical corporate life in New York work with being a mother, with being a wife and, you know, and I'm an old school Indian woman. Being a wife also means something in my world, the world that I come from, which I understand in America, it's not cool to say that, but it means something in the world that I come from. You know, mm -hmm. there is, there is a little support structure situation that the woman is responsible for. And I was, and I was happily so. I'm not even complaining. Like we're we're yeah. a typical traditional Indian couple, my husband and I. And so what happened is that uh, after my third kid got into went to kindergarten, I was just dying inside. I wanted to go back to work. I mean, I came to America because I wanted to be educated and study and work. But then the reality of building that life hit. And just mm -hmm. took me off the path for so many years. And those were good years. Don't get me wrong. I actually, like, I kind of like my kids. They're not bad. but <laughs> They're okay. But when you give up your whole life in the service of these little children, I think the level of resentment that, that at least I felt, I, I wasn't even prepared for it. Like, I, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, like, you think, oh, stay-at-home moms, they're, like, home, and they love it, and the music class, and the birthday parties. And I just wasn't me. After the first music class, I was like, I'm going to blow my brains out if I sing, hello, <laughs> how are you? 
Like I'm a grown woman, right? I get it's amazing for the kid, but as a grown woman to do that over and over, like felt like this surreal. Like what am I doing? And I'm not mm-hmm. at all criticizing the people who like it. I'm just saying that I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really struggling with what to do, and even when my youngest was in school. Um, I knew that like a corporate life would still be hard. I still have three kids that, you know, and they like, they stay for life. That's mm-hmm. the other thing you don't realize when yeah, you become a mom. You know, there's so many times when my kids were crying when they were little, I was like, where is their mother? <laughs> and, oh, it's me. I have to deal with this. Um, so I was really struggling and, you know, I would, my kids knew, my friends who knew me back then, you know, would say that, they felt like they were with a caged tiger always. Like I was Mm. in a state of frustration constantly. Like, why am I not able to figure this out? Like I felt like something was dying to come outside my body, but I I couldn't figure out what it was. And my kids, we were hanging out one night at, you know, around the kitchen table, which is basically my day job is like yelling at them at the kitchen table. Right. And uh, we were doing something. You can see it all on Instagram and TikTok. (laughs) Yes. And now you see it all on Instagram. Exactly. And surprisingly, people enjoy hearing whatever I yell at my kids about, which is another shocking thing, but we'll get to that later. Uh, And my daughter said to me, you know, mom, all my friends love hanging out with you. They love when you like, and, and, you know, when I'm yelling at my friends, I'm yelling at their kid, their friends, you know, their sports team. I'm yelling at the sports coach. Like everything looks wrong to me from my perspective. <laughs> so, like, why are you guys playing football? Shut this sport down. Everybody just walk on the field. Just walk. You know, this snack is no good. That, like, I mean, I don't know. I was in a state of constantly like, but people, instead of being intimidated or upset would be like laughing at it. Yeah, you know, give me so more. Daughter, what else you got? Yeah, yes. they were like, "What else? What else should we not do?" I was like, "No, I'm serious. I'm trying to fix your life." <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's like, "They have so much fun. You should just do comedy." And I was like, "That's not a job. What is that?" You know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, mm-hmm. mom, that's a job. Like that's like a thing." And then she, of course, undertook this whole birthday project, which by now is you know all over the news. It's she reached out to a many of my, I mean, every friend I've ever had since childhood and be like, can you send me one memory of your mom, knowing that almost everybody is going to say something with the word funny in it, uh-huh. you know, and she put together all these notes for my birthday because I, she had mentioned comedy and I kind of blew her off. I was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about, you know. That's what every mom, right? Like kids think they're the only ones that blow their Gen parents Z is off. going to save all of us, Zarna. I, mean, I it think it seems for sure. It saved me for sure. Be nice to them. Yes, and they do know something. I know that now. It's shocking as it is, I don't know where they learned it, but they do know some things. Uh, but she took over this project, and and I ended up getting over a hundred and forty notes of encouragement and like you know you made us laugh at this dinner I was always my whole life I was doing funny speeches everywhere Mm. I would go they would be like you do a funny speech you you say something say anything and I was like what like now in hindsight I know what those funny speeches could be but at the time none of it made sense but then my kids after this big birthday thing uh ganged up on me and they're like oh you should try something new Mom, you mm. should. Oh, you too scared? Like, you know, all these years I was like, you should try something new. They all ganged up on me. 
And I really believe now in hindsight that they realized that if I do comedy, I'll be out of the house nights and weekends. <laughs> so they were like, this is the gig. This is the gig we need her to sign on to. Yeah. Coincidentally, just as they were becoming teenagers and in- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by the way, you live in New York City, so I yeah, uh, I think you're on, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. So that's how, how, what, would, and- what was the conversation like with your husband when you were like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I I probably need to check in with him, right? Because this is going to mean being away nights and weekends. That it grew so organically that we didn't. The first open mic I did. I remember getting on stage and being like, white people do this? Like, it's a real thing. Yeah. And then I came home and I told my husband, I said, you know, I had a lot of fun and like, I would like to do it. But we really thought I'll do a few open mics. A few of my friends will come. That'll be the beginning and the end of this. And then we'll move on to something else, you know, Mm -hmm. figure out what I can actually do. He didn't expect it to become what it became. I didn't expect it to become what it became. And it kind of just grew and spiraled even out of our own control, uh, mm. you know, very early on. So even he was like, yeah, sure, make another joke about my mom. <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah, you really go there. Have you gotten any, um, is there anything you won't talk about that no. you feel like this is a, this is taboo? I can't talk about Not this. Not anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm in that world of professional comedy. I know what it takes. I know what I owe the audience. You know, I do believe that comedians are truth tellers in some way. And, you know, it's funny because uh, brown women don't usually pick on their, the men. Are also, the fragile egos we deal with, I can't even, you know what I mean? Yeah, And yeah. then their mothers, like, sometimes I, I, like, post a mother-in-law joke and, like, every random brown man on the internet starts attacking me because they take it personally about their mothers. It's right. wild. But... I really believe that I've been put in this position for a reason. Uh, I know that in a lot of countries and a lot of cultures, the women are too scared to watch my videos openly. So they secretly pass them around on WhatsApp groups. You know, they laugh in silence. Like the right to laugh is people in the West, Western world can't imagine that how oppressed you could be in another world where you couldn't even openly laugh at somebody who's like trashing a mother-in-law because that's an attack on your culture, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I do believe now that I've been put in this position in this job for a reason and I have to honor that position and, and be brave so that many others can follow the doors that I'm opening. Mm -hmm. And we, we too can laugh. I think Brown women have a right to laugh at their lives. You know, it's wild that I even have to say the words, but I really feel like it needs to be said. I meet so many Indian women, uh, Pakistani women, you know, even Afghan women in in New York. I meet them and they're like, you know, we love seeing your videos, but we wait for our husband to leave before we put them on. You know, I never thought of it. I never thought of that side to this. I thought, what what, you're you're blazing a trail for other brown women to pursue something creative like comedy, but also there is that, there's that sadness to it, but also that breakthrough of you encouraging women to laugh and to be, to give themselves permission to find the humor. 
And it's not lives. all personal, you know, like in yeah. our cultures, we, the way we are raised, even when we have something to say about your in-laws or your husband or your dad, you're kind of taught to be passive aggressive and tone it down as if it's like a crime to reflect and to have an opinion. Right. And somehow in this weird, crazy world, I have found myself in a position where I have a stage to say out loud what I think. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like I owe it to myself and my people, my fan base. You know, if you if you look at my Insta DMs, TikTok DMs, I mean, it's overrun with people like my mother-in-law did this, my husband did that. Make a joke about it. Tag me. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> they want to live vicariously through yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said that you love talking about money and I want to yes. know, and I saw a hilarious video you did where you broke down crypto yeah. and probably the best. You said, <laughs> do you remember it? Can you yeah, share? Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Zarna, tell us what is crypto? <laughs> what is Bitcoin? So Bitcoin. Sorry, what is, is Bitcoin? This, right. Yeah. What is Bitcoin? Because, you know, Bitcoin was all the rage. Everywhere you went, like Bitcoin, I bought it, I sold it. And I, I didn't know anything about it. But I was like, I'm like a reasonably well-read, well-spoken, educated person in the world. And if I don't know, there's probably other people who have no idea what this thing is. So I just made like a little parody video where I was like, you know what, Bitcoin is something you buy on a shady website and and then you tell everybody about it. And everywhere you go, you just keep saying Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And then and then when when enough people are interested in it, you sell it and you buy Amazon stock. (laughs) You can go back to the tried and true thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, thought I that really was, wrote that yeah. from from what I would do, from a state of what I would do. If I, I even mean, that's know. not a far fetched explanation. That is kind of what a lot of the pump and dump is around right? crypto because it and seems a lot of a lot of stuff. Benefit from using those kind of words that are harder to understand. Yeah, by common people. What are your thoughts on women and money, and and even you know reflecting on your own life? Yeah you know, what were some of the things you might go back and change or that you find humor in because you just can't believe the absurdity? I, to be serious for one minute, I think that motherhood, it takes a toll. And so many women, myself included, have paid such a heavy price for being moms because you get you get knocked out of your career one way or another, gently or or aggressively. I do understand that the millennial generation is trying to address it and and I hope that they are able to fix it. Uh, But also I came from a world where I could have been like, oh, my husband's working, I'm home and his income will support us and it's going to be all good. And, you know, I know now that it's, and I'm in a great marriage. It's none of that. He's a good guy, but life throws so many curveballs. You cannot be oblivious to your own obligation to your own well-being and that includes your financial well-being mm-hmm. you cannot be sitting there i know women who've never stepped foot in a bank that's like that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. do you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying because I know, they I know. think they don't need that to was my mother them. when i was growing up she didn't know how to write a check she but she she's completely self-taught right and and listen, however you do it, you got to get there. If you can teach yourself, even more power to you because you really learn yourself. You make all the mistakes and you figure it out yourself. So I am very passionate about 
suggesting to all women that they must have some form of income stream, even if it's small and a side hustle. It, there's a self-esteem thing that's attached to it. Mm-hmm. And the world we live in today where you can work from home, where you can create. I mean, I'm a serious content creator. Mm-hmm. There are 20 year old content creators who wonder how I put out as much content as I do because I take it seriously as a career and as a job and parlay mm-hmm. that into other businesses. So yeah. there are ways to keep your foot in the door in some way, even if you become a mother or life throws you a curveball, you have to move or there's a health situation, any number of things can happen. Uh, I have a daughter now, I always tell her, I'm like, you have to work, you have to find a way. And it's really unfortunate that in America, there's just no support structure at all. Mm-hmm. Everything I have made for years when I was working when my kids were little for a little while, everything I made, I spent just trying to keep my life together. Yeah. Like have a babysitter pick the kid up, have somebody home, you know. But whatever that cost is, now I realize it must be paid and you must keep your foot in the door and stay in the game. Because exiting and re-entering is actually a monumentally difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And you feel, and, and mostly it's because of the toll it takes on your self-esteem. You feel like the world has moved on and you got left behind. So the psychological work that you have to do to remind yourself that, no, you belong and you, you're going to get back into it. It's, it's like a battle. It's like, a you know, this whole mm-hmm. I say to a lot of women who want to have kids, they're like, what's your advice? You know, I'm worried that I'm going to end up becoming a stay-at-home mom. I said, well, make sure that before you have your kid, you don't just like your job, you're obsessed with your job. Yeah. I mean, that's, that can't be true for everybody, but th- because so often I hear moms who are stay-at-home, who are miserable, who have told me, and I quote, my brain is turning to mush. Um, I said, well, then why don't you figure out something else? Well, I just don't know what I would do. My old job, I don't really want to go back to it. I didn't really like it. And so in their mind, of course, like if you have a new baby and a job that you don't really like, you're going to hang out with your baby. There is no pull. If you know already that you don't want to be a stay-at-home mom, but worried about falling into that, you know, that that inertia is going to pull you to that world because of culture, because of, you know, whatever, then you have to be obsessed with with your career or have like a, a real plan before you dive in to having kids. I agree. And and love what you do. Like it's cheesy. And I like as an Indian woman, it's killing me to say this, but really love what you do because, you know, then there is it when you like what you do, you're motivated to find ways to do it on the days that it's really hard to do it. Everything is easy to do on the days when things work out according to plan. But there's so many days where everything goes to hell. And now you got to figure it out. And then that's when, you know, whether or not you like what you're doing becomes a real thing. So uh, I agree with you. Couldn't agree with you more. Zorna, your kids are amazing. Your daughter, I believe, is at Stanford. You have two boys still in in school, raising them, simultaneous to running your career. What's the secret to raising headstrong, you know, like your kids seem like they really, not only are they so loving and, and, and bright, but navigating New York city as a kid, I always have to ask parents how they do it and sleep at night. It's, we don't. (laughs) Right. Okay. So you just don't. (laughs) 
I have a sleep tracker right here that the, my doctors put me on. Um, here's the thing. New York City has a lot of pros and cons, like all big cities. Um, we didn't have an option. My husband's business is here, and now my business is here. It is the comedy capital of the world. Um, my kids are New York City public school kids, so they're really in the in the heart of the city. Like we we live the New York City life in every way. They take the subway. They're all over the place. Um, I would say. What I think I did that helped me is at every step of the way, I reminded my kids that forget college, forget forget everything else. You have to look at the world and ask yourself, what does the world need? And how can I be a person who can fill one of those needs? You need to be a person who's aware of what's happening in the world and position yourself in a way that you are able to fix something. You, you, you're not going to fix everything, but you've got to position yourself in a way that you're building skill set, you're building a lifestyle, you're building a community. Like in New York City, for example, in the last few years, community became everything. We were the epicenter of the epicenter for a long time. So both my kids worked during that the worst phase because this was the call of the hour mm -hmm. and um i really believe that part of why my daughter got into stanford and got in early is because she could answer that question mm -hmm. what what is it that you're about and are, what do you want to do in your world like you know people talk about legacy building and all as adults but you can start building your legacy as a child like what, what, because you could be doing any number of things, right? Why don't you start thinking strategically right then? Like my son is big into urban, urban development and stuff already. And he's a 17 year old kid because he's living in a big city and he's seeing all that can go right and wrong mm -hmm. around him. Yeah. Um, and I think that that kind of thinking has really helped them and has helped me have some peace that we are a New York City family. God put us here for a reason, for our jobs and all of that. And that my kids are all actively looking around with good intentions, trying to fix things, trying to be a part of the solution. So I have to believe that only good things will happen. Even though I will tell you, I'm yelling at my kids all the time because they ride a bicycle around New York and it makes me absolutely crazy. <laughs> Zarna, I wasn't allowed to do anything as a kid. It, it, right? Every it works out. Okay. You have a lot of time to like ice skate and do sleepovers in your twenties. You don't have no, to do no, that exactly. when you're Thank you. 10. You weren't allowed to do it, right? As a kid? No, of course yes. not. Yes. No, mom it I works out. Yes. I mean, it's the, it's the topic of my next book, which is called a healthy state of panic, a healthy <laughs> state of panic. My parents raised me with just panic. And then as yeah. a woman growing up with that with that, you know, trauma. Yeah. It was like, how do I make this? I can't get rid of the panic. How do I make it work for me? So right. coming soon to a bookstore near you. But um, I do you can't think wait to read it and give it to my kids? Oh <laughs> yes, I mean, you're, you're. I'm, I mean, I will do a book signing at your next comedy show <laughs> if you let me. Yes. Um, and so I, I was wondering as we were, as I was coming into this interview, thinking like. I think you sound like a very faithful per woman. Like you believe in, you don't believe in coincidences. Things happen for a reason. Do you feel as though you could have had this 
sort of career earlier in your life or that this is your moment to do this. It's, this was the right time. It's impossible not to feel like, why didn't I start 10 years ago or 15 years ago? And, and you know, entertainment is a very youth-oriented business. So if I do feel my age and I know that I'm surrounded by people who are much younger than me. But the truth is that the whole reason my comedy pops right now is because no one's talking about what I'm talking about. Yeah, There's actually a brown wave in comedy otherwise. There's a lot of kids coming out with their opinions, but it's almost universally kids talking about their immigrant parents or their parents and, and the thing. So, you know, it didn't exactly, Iron Planet, Destiny planned it the way it did, but there is a reason that it worked out this way and I'm just going to go with it. You know, mm -hmm. you catch the wave when you can, you're not, it's never going to be perfect, but you catch it when you can and you ride it. That's how I see it. If, I know you said New York is the epicenter of comedy, but if Europe calls or LA calls and says, we want to give you your own talk show because you're funny, but you're also insightful. You're brilliant. I feel like you have, you have it all. Like, you know, you can carry a show, clearly with your comedy, but also with your wisdom, when comedy is one of the hardest things to do. I mean, it's no coincidence you have to be smart to be a comedian. But my real question is, would you do it? How far are you willing to take this career? I'm all in. Hmm. I'm all in. I waited 16 years. And, and, and my family is all in with me. Like, honestly, they understand the sacrifices I made to make sure that things were on a proper grounding for my husband and his business, for my kids and their early years. So they're all all in there, you know, and honestly, as a woman who's almost married 25 years, I will tell you one thing, nothing is better for a marriage than distance. So like, <laughs> I think my husband would be thrilled if somebody gave me a contract somewhere and we met a few times a year, I think it would be plenty for us. A few times a year. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. In America, it's like, oh my God. But it's not so, oh my God. People have made difficult decisions for their lives and their families all over the world. It's only here in America that we're like, oh my God, like we need to sit next to each other and communicate all the time. No, don't communicate. I'm telling you, if you want to be married for a long time, do not communicate. Do your thing. You do your thing. Meet on the yeah. high holidays. I always wonder how those couples that do absolutely everything together, they, I mean, the wife doesn't do a girl's night. The husband doesn't do boys. Like, oh, I'm like that's, every, they go on their honeymoons with their families. I don't get it. That see, that's sounding like, like a white Lotus season, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be sure you're writing that script. Yeah, and then, exactly. Um, so what's next for you? What sort of, I mean, so that you're clearly, you dominate the stage, but your career can, you know, it's, it can transcend so many, your talent transcends so many mediums. What's next for you? What do you want to be next for I you? I mean, my uh, comedy special is going to drop in the next three months. So, that, you know, now I'm focused on the proper release of it. Uh, I, I do, I have a few options. I have a few options. I have a TV show on possibly brewing uh, a movie. So we'll, you know, I'm not a believer in forcing things. Some things have to evolve because yeah. the entertainment business has its own ideas of how they like to do things and who they like to invest in and all. Despite what they say, what they do remains incredibly, uh, you know, 
like you know, there are big changes that will be made in the coming years but right now we're still functioning within a system that has been in place for many years they're mm-hmm. doing the same thing so i personally don't like wasting too much time changing people's mind that's not what i like to do i like to monetize every day that i'm working and that's yeah. where the money part like i you know i'm not one to chase anybody and be like you should do this because i believe in I'm doing it. I'm pretty much running a TV show on my social media yeah. network. People tune in every day. They want to see what I've made, what I've dropped. In the last two years, I think I've created over 600 little clips that have built a whole color uh, color profile of my family, the world that I come from, what we all find humorous, what our community, what my digital community finds funny. Uh, I have... I just crossed I think a quarter of a billion views across platforms uh you know uh, so okay. and I have a really crazy level of engagement if you look at my posts yeah. the whole community chimes in you know everybody has something to say this is all by design and mm-hmm. I do it because I'm not waiting for anybody to call me and say here I'm going to give you a talk show if you don't give me a talk show I'm going to make my own talk show mm-hmm. and because the world is big and I really believe that momentum is important even for yourself like sitting waiting for momentum to happen i don't think makes it happen you just keep creating yeah so i'm out there working i i used to in 20, until the end of 2022 i worked seven nights a week this year i've made a decision to work six nights a week but i'm out i'm working i get paid every single night and i'm selling tickets most nights when it's my show it's also selling tickets so that muscle is being worked the marketing muscle finding the audience who's going to be willing to pay for the ticket and the drinks and whatever else is involved in selling these things yeah so i'm at it like i i like to say that you know the z train will keep going whoever wants to hop on is welcome to hop on but there will be no slowing down because oh i wish this person calls i uh. no you figured out that real quick because some people have been at this for years and they are waiting for the phone call they're not building their own momentum and i think See, that I that think is there's a lot that you lose when you start out at my age i started at 44 and then there's a lot that you gain because you do have that perspective you know mm-hmm. I, i have even though i was a stay at home mom i helped my husband build his business i've seen the value of momentum i've mm-hmm. seen the value of a person who is so obsessed with what they're doing loving what they're doing that others are attracted to that as opposed to somebody who thinks they're so amazing and are disgruntled that the world hasn't found their brilliance mm-hmm. you know there are different ways to approach it this is my approach i also feel better knowing that i did something right you know i when i upload like a little video i feel great knowing that my community is going to be like it's like the new water cooler they're going to congregate around it and everybody is going to have something to say about it and You know I feel like I dropped that moment of joy in my community. So so why would I slow down for anybody, you know? Well, I'm on the Z train <laughs> and I I think all my listeners now are on the Z train. Sarnagar, thank you so much. I wish we had more time, but I'm going to be I'm going to be basically stalking you for the rest of the year We're if not be longer. We're stalking each other because Farnoosh, <laughs> I told you, you don't get to stalk me. I stalk you cuz I okay. love everything you're doing. I will not, I will not I will you, you are correct. Um 
Thank you so much. To say you're an inspiration is is an absolute understatement, but I'm going to say it again and again. I just hope that a little bit of your magic rubs off on me because I'm trying to I'm trying to get out there more too. And I and I see you doing it and I'm like, okay. This, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's there. It's in front of you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Zarna for joining us. I have all of her links in our show notes, but just go to zarnagarg.com. Find her on Instagram with the same handle and TikTok. I'm going to try to catch at least one of her shows in person this year. If you want to go, let me know. Let's get a posse together and go support this incredible woman. See you back here on Wednesday, and I hope your day is so money. <laughs>